Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today I'm joined by my friends Twan and Issam. Hello. Hi everybody. We'll be discussing the sixth round of the Super Prestige already. The season is flying past and we had an exciting men's race today with a bit of a surprise as winner. Issam, tell us about it. Indeed, a bit of a surprise of a winner. After, of course, uh, the last race we had, uh, we were thinking that it was going to be an, uh, a potential Ezerbeet Vanderpool uh, duel or maybe with the Tonarts uh, coming in the mix. Um, at the start, it was actually Lauren Sveik who had a pretty pretty fast start uh unfortunately for him he crashed uh in, in that first lap and um from that moment we actually didn't see him at all from that point and we we actually saw a very very eager uh tom pitcock in the first lap already trying to to get in the front he was very quickly at the front and and you know he was working so hard he was putting the he was putting the pace he was leading the pack most of the time didn't look behind uh, and he actually made a group of three, um, including him, with Vanderpool and Tone Arts. Tone Arts was not really the strongest of the three. I would say that Vanderpool was a little bit the second guy, and Pitcock was a little bit the guy that had the most uh, initiative in that leading group. And for for a moment, we were thinking that it was going to be Vanderpool that looked stronger. Tone Arts showed a little bit. Pitcock showed the most, and. Pitcock in, in in the end was just uh, way way stronger. Vanderpool was put on the pressure in the running phase. Um, he made a little mistake, and from that mistake on, it was five seconds. It became ten seconds, and then we were sure that there was going to be a Brit winning this race. It was going to be Tom Pitcock uh, who who won the sixth uh, manche of the Super Prestige in Havre with uh, Mathieu Vanderpool second place and Tone Arts in third. So as you said, it was Tom Pitcock who took the win here. It's the first time since Stibar became world champion in 2014 that a rider who isn't from the Netherlands or Belgium wins a top-tier race. And if you purely look at the three major classifications, World Cup, B-Postbank and uh, Super Prestige, it's the first time since Francie Mouret won the World Cup in Namur in 2013 that a rider that isn't from the Netherlands or Belgium wins a cross. Pretty stunning stats, almost seven years since the last time that happened then. It's it's really good for the sport, in my opinion, that there's finally someone up there who can challenge, and Pitcock is super talented as well. So I think I'm at least happy to see him win here, and I think the sport can really develop from this point forward. I, I think there is nobody that didn't like the fact that he won this race, and uh, it's a very good injection for for the sports to 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 grow to become a little bit more uh, open to to more than only the Belgium and the Dutch uh, supporters and fans watching. Uh, this is very good for also uh, to to make the Brits also in, involved in 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 the sport of cyclocross. It's very good, and it just shows as well that it became a little bit a Dutch Belgium fest in a way, uh, and that's all good. But I think Cyclocross will move even more forward. It is going to be a little bit more um, with with more countries, uh, which we see now, of course, with Great Britain joining uh, and also uh, the likes of Spain, Czech, Czech uh, Republic, and also, um, um, for example, at the women's with, uh, with Hungary. Yeah, I think this is an amazing win for the sport as well. Uh, Tom Pitcock, of course, a very talented rider, and we knew this was coming uh, somewhere 
maybe this season already uh, probably next season if not this year and it's just very good to see him be able to actually do it um, had really uh, had, had a bit of a slow start of course to his season uh, really came good yesterday was already doing a lot better in Boom as well and uh, today is really a parkour that is for him and where he can really be the best in the world and uh, that's also partially why I think it's a bit unfortunate that he starts so late uh, missing out on two courses that would suit him as well in Beringen and the Koppenberg uh, of course uh, came second behind Iserbeet last year in the Koppenberg uh, it's, it's an amazing win for the sport and um, yeah let, let's hope we can move forward from this uh, we'll certainly see a lot more from Pitcock in the future I hope so and what does this performance here from Pitcock tell you guys? Do you think he can frequently challenge Van der Poel for victories this season? I think uh, Pitcock has his courses where he really um, ha has a great advantage over other people. Um, but I kind of think they're behind us. Uh, so uh, there, there will definitely be crosses where he will be there or thereabouts. But I, I don't think there will be a cross anymore where he is the very best person. But what courses are you thinking about then? Because I personally think there's still some crosses that wait for him, like Namur and Baal and, I mean, maybe not really Hogerheide, but if it's muddy, I think Pitcock is definitely one of the guys to be there, even on a flat course like in Dubendorf where he got second. I think if it's muddy, he's definitely up there on any type of course. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I forgot about Naman for, uh, Namur for a second. Uh, definitely also a climbing course, of course. Uh, would be one that I would definitely write uh, Pitcock down for. Uh, and I, I think he is uh, going to challenge for a lot of podiums this year. Um, but I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see too many wins. Well, I mean, I, I think that, that Pitcock really um, showed today that he is a pretty all-round guy. Uh, I think that Vanderpool didn't really had a problem with the pace itself but it was really put on the pressure especially at the running phases to put on top of that that the pace was also pretty high so there was not so much recuperation going on there uh which made it very difficult for Vanderpool to get his to get actually his rest and try to make the pace on his own he was forced to have another pace and I think that that gave Pitcock in the end the victory and as Pitcock said in his interview he really tried to um, to practice for this he, he trained in Beringen uh, to really train this hilly parkours to get these hilly parkours in his legs and Namur is like he said really a goal for him so um, it seems like he's going that route of really trying to specialize in in, in some sort of, 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 of the cyclocross races and try to pick races out and try to go for the win there then the last guy on the podium was Tone Aert who finished third I really think he maxed out his performance here today. I don't think there was any more in the can for him today. He really looked to be the worst out of the three in front and third place. I think he can be satisfied with that. I think he can definitely be satisfied with that. Um, at some occasions, I had really the the impression that he was very happy to be with with the two with the two other, with Vanderpool and with um, uh, and with Pitcock. Yeah, I think for him, he shouldn't be disappointed with his result. It was really the he maximized uh, his his race. And I think for the classification for him personally, it's going to be very good because his main contender, Elizabeth, who had a very bad start, ended up fourth. And you know, I think for him, that's also very important. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's a very solid ride by Don Arts uh, here today. Um, 
no, nothing to really add. It's just, there wasn't any more he could do, and uh, he was able to hold off uh, Ezerby for that third place. Then let's take a look at the entire top 10. Behind the podium that we just discussed of Pitcock, Van der Poel and the Arts, it was Isabit who already just got mentioned by Issam. Then we see um, Lars van der Haaren fifth in front of Michael van Toornhout, Quinten Hermans, Corne van Kessel, Thomas Main and Dan Soete who rounded off the top 10. Issam already mentioned it, Isabit had a bad start today. What is there to say about his race after that bad start? For me personally, it looked like he, after his bad start, he tried to come back a little bit, then struggled, I don't know, with pace. It, it seems like he wasn't really in his rhythm. Um, and then around the mid-phase of the race, it seems like he got a little bit of his rhythm back. I think Van Turenhout helped him a little bit with that. And then he just focused on the guys in front of him, with Quinten Hermans who was in front of him. And then from there on, he tried to, you know, bridge the gap to Tonarts. It was actually... I was thinking that he would be able to bridge that gap, but I think in his attempt to do so, he just blew up and wasn't able to, you know, to get closer to to Arts and fight for third place. So then, fourth place was the maximum um, what he could, you know, achieve. The same could be said for his teammate Marco van Tournout. The man had a bad start and he also lost a bit of his momentum that he had in that win streak a couple of weeks ago. What do you think about his race here today and more maybe his weekend? Because it's definitely not as good as it was two weeks ago, Twan. Yeah, some of the confidence seemed to have gone a little bit. Uh, maybe he just really peaked toward those uh, two weeks where he was so impressive. Uh, we'll find uh, that out at basically at the end of the season when we have a full overview of what happened here. Yeah, I just rode a very solid race. I had him um, quite high on my list of uh, where I think they would finish. And 5th, uh, 6th place was somewhere where I had imagined him. Uh, had a bit of a slow start. Uh, was a bit worrying. But uh, slowly climbing his way through the field. And uh, that is just, uh, well, I, I guess, a really good... Uh, way to spend your power another rider in the top 10 is thomas main the brit the compatriot of tom pitcock ending in ninth here he really loves these climbing courses as we've seen in bering and in the koppenberg as well yes and um he also in my he he, he did a very good race a very smart race in my opinion and he maximized his results and a very good top 10 for him you know, boosting his confidence, of course, um, towards the rest of, 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 of this very uh, busy uh, weeks ahead. Yeah, I, I think uh, that that's really impressive. Putting in a few very good laps in the end there. Uh, hadn't really seen him all race. Uh, might have been because I, I might have confused him at some point with Corne van Kessel. Um, and never really... Uh, see the difference between the two. Uh, usually it's just that Cornet is uh, a lot further in front than uh, Main, but uh, a very solid performance, uh, a strong comeback right here. And uh, well, he is one to watch out for on these climbing courses, a uh, solid top 10 rider. Then the last thing that I want to say uh, about the men's race just came in as we're recording this podcast. The rider of Group Hens Mass Containers, Vincent Bastans, has crashed in the race and he has broken one of the columns in his back and he will probably be out for six to eight weeks. So that looks to be the end of the season for Vincent Bastans.
Then we can go on to discuss the women's race. Twan, what happened in the women's race? We had a very quick start by Denise Betsma and after yesterday it kind of felt like that was going to be the race but it was Brandt who was able to catch up on uh, halfway through the second lap and uh, then the, uh, she, Betsma and Alvarado a little as well just uh, swapped places back and forth one getting a few seconds here a few seconds there and eventually it was Lucinda Brandt who was able to get a solid 10 seconds and hold on to it it never grew too much more than that you would always see Betsma in the background especially on the climb and it looked like she would come a little closer then it would grow a little uh, but it was Brandt who was able to take it home in front of Betsma and uh, Alvarado with a good ride still in third place so it was Brandt who looks to have restored the order after not winning yesterday the win here it was maybe a dual race compared to what we're used to, but it, nevertheless, it's a very impressive ride by Brandt here on this parkour, in my opinion. Yeah, she always looked to be in control, and that's certainly something that we have to value. Uh, Betsema putting up a strong fight, uh, not giving up as well there. Um, and yeah, it was. Yeah, it always looked like she was in control, which made it a bit dull, but um, any sort of mistake could have made this uh, a lot in uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, I think as well that for, for for the race itself, that in the beginning that we were thinking that Betsema would, would get away, uh, but then Brandt was just, you know, like Twan said, in control and did exactly, exactly what she needed to do to win this race, and that's what she eventually did. Brandt said that she hopes to keep this form until the World Championships. To me, that indicates that there isn't much more in the tank for her, much more room for improvement. So, two questions about that. One, do we think that is realistic for her to keep this form until the World Championships? And two, will it be enough? I think the form would be enough if, if she was able to get this. But I also think the fatigue will set in before the Championships. Uh, it, it's going to be a very tough Christmas period, and um, I, I think if, if she wanted to have this sort of form uh, at the World Championship, she would have uh, been on a training camp somewhere uh, this week or last week or even the week before. Yeah, that's true, and I, I think that, um, that keeping a shape is, is, is always very difficult. It is not uh, impossible. But the problem as well is with the World Championship that there is a lot of sand and um, we have seen that there are other ladies that can be very good in the sand. Um, I think Betsma already has the upper hand on, on Brunt in in the sand even though I think that the shape of Betsma is a little bit less than Brunt at this point. You know, it's it's all speculations and I think we need to see how the next few weeks will shape up uh, before we speculate about the World Championships. In third place, we find the world champion, Céline del Carmen Alvarado. And for once, I think she can actually be happy with this third place because she doesn't really like these climbing courses, in my opinion. At least that's what I've seen on the Koppenberg, for example. And I think this third place here shows that it's maybe her form is improving slightly compared to the Koppenberg. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is really... Um... Uh, showcasing that she is improving especially if you take in consideration that this is not really a race she likes a lot um, with the climbing and with you know with the mud and very heavy uh, you know very uh, hard race of course um, but I think only being 34 seconds behind 
it's not that much and also in the race itself she looked she looked okay so i think for her it's only positive notes she can take from this race and move on to to the to the next race yeah i would agree on that um i i hope she takes this uh, performance into consideration when she goes to the Kopperberg, for example next year uh she she really can climb and uh i think it's just a mental thing uh, especially when you see this kind of performance today. Let's take a look at the entire top 10 then, because there's quite some names that I would like to discuss in this top 10. Behind the top 3 of Brand Betsema Alvarado, we find Clara Honsinger in front of Jara Kastelein and Sanne Kant. And then we see Manon Bakker in front of Christine Magerus, Anik van Alfa and Eva Lechner. And let's start at the first one, Clara Honsinger, fourth place. I'm not going to say it's unexpected, because in the short preview we did yesterday, I expected her to be uh, up there. And I even expected a performance like this in Antwerpen. But here, fourth today, it's really good. And it shows that there is more talent coming through from other nations, like we already said earlier this podcast. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, for Hongsinger, it was a, a very, very smart race. And I think this was a tendency that we have seen in both the men's and the women's race. The guys that actually didn't go full out in the first few laps and really paced themselves to a very good ending of the race. And uh, I think Hongsinger Hong really showed that uh, she's able to uh, set a, a good pace for herself and knows how to put herself through through a race and build the pace up from very slow to very fast. So uh, I think from Hongsinger, it's a very good result. And also to see an American up in the, in the top five is also very nice to see. Yeah, I think uh, this is an amazing performance uh, continuing what she did in Boom and what she did last year in Namur. Uh, really showing herself to be a very good cyclocross rider, and um, especially on these types of parkours. And I hope uh, we continue to see this in the coming years. Then the next name that here stands out to me is Christine Magerus, the rider from Luxembourg, ending in 8th, much better than her earlier performances. And Twan uh, already mentioned her like two podcasts uh, ago when she made her return to the field in Boom. What uh, do you make out of this performance here, 8th place today, Twan? I'm very happy to see this. Uh, this is the kind of parkour that you would um, like to see someone like Magerus, a road rider that can climb pretty well. Uh, do well uh, it's, it certainly is a parkour that uh, would suit her and I think she made the most of it today uh, really with a strong ride um, uh, just like Hunsinger she came from behind and just kept the power up uh, through the last laps and was able to catch up with quite a few people and finishing in a uh, very nice 8th place here today then in 10th place, we saw Eva Lechner, who made a return after a knee injury that she got in the World Cup in Tabor, much earlier than she expected to be back. 10th place here, I think it shows that on the right parkour, if she improves her form a bit, she can still be this one that can challenge for a mid-top 10 place, even though she's already getting pretty old. Yeah, I think she's done very well for herself, especially, of course, with that injury. Returning from it, um, one of those parkourses that really suits her, uh, just like uh, Koppenberg and Berien, for example, and really making a lot out of it. And, uh, yeah, let, let's hope that she can build on this. And uh, just like Honsinger, um, build toward this with Namur and uh, see what she can do there. Then some people who may be disappointed a bit more are 
um, the riders who just finished outside of the top 10. Let's start with places 11 to 14. Puck Pietersen, NAK, Annemarie Vorst, A.V. Richards. All riders that um, maybe one expected to be higher and two looked to be overshooting themselves at the beginning of the race. And you could say the same for Catablanca Vas. Um, yes, and um, I, I think that, like I said, that was the tendency that we had in this race. Um, I mean, for for the little bit younger uh, girls, it's not really a, a big problem. It's it's something that is um, because of uh, the experience they have in cyclocross is still not you know that big, so they still need to learn a lot, uh, especially for Vas and uh, Buck Petersen. Uh, I think for for Vorst and and uh, for Richards maybe. You know, it's not really her. I think she she only did like two races already, so it it it's not really um it's not really representative to say that she uh, didn't perform at her best. But for Vorst, it's definitely a little bit of a surprise in my opinion. I think that uh, even though this is not really a parkour that she likes, uh, that she still would be in the top ten and even in the top five. But I guess she didn't have a good day. It was an off day for her and. Um, if you have an off day on such a race, then it will hit very hard. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. I think for worse, this was just a complete off day. Just n not really anything that went especially right for her. Uh, usually when she had like a worse start, uh, she, you would see her climbing up the ranks. And I definitely expected to see it. But it, it just never happened, uh, which is very... Uh, it, it was very weird, yeah, just just an off day. Uh, for Pietersen, Kay and Vash, um, it's yeah, not really using their powers in the right way. Looking very solid at the start and then just uh, really falling away, especially Vash uh, fell quite far down. Uh, for Evie Richards, her second race, I, I thought this parkour uh, would suit her more. Uh, I also didn't think she was on the start list, so that was quite a positive surprise. Um, unfortunately, not quite the result that I, I think she is capable of getting. But uh, as uh, she races more here, I, I think we'll uh, slowly see these results coming. Yeah, I agree, especially with the part that they are young and they really look to have a lot of improvements here to make by like knowing their body better and pacing themselves better like you could see Thomas Main have had done in the men's race and yesterday Pitcock did as well and I think this will come with the years and today was a very tough parkour so I think it's definitely not a shame if you have a slightly worse result here because at the end of the day Peter is only 18 and AK 21 Voss 19 Richards I mean She's starting her season here, 23rd. You might have expected her to be a bit better. But on the other hand, it's just the beginning. Every start is tough, like we could see for Pitcock. And we also saw today for Nieuwenhuis that it isn't perfect. So I guess just the over, this, over the time, I'm pretty confident Richards will move her way up into the top 10 again. Well, I think we've had it all then for the Super Prestige in Gavre. I'm just going to give some results here in the for the cross in Valencia that took place today. And there are no surprises here. Once again, it was Felipe Orts who won in front of his fellow Spaniard Kevin Suarez Fernandez. And it was Mateo Vercher who ended third there, the rider from France. Looked to be a pretty close race, just 22 seconds between the first three and the big scrap for fourth place. 
In the women's race, it's also no big surprise there. Lucinda Gonzalez Blanco took the win, 16 seconds in front of Aida Nuno Palacio. And the super young but talented Olivia Onesti from France ended third. I guess it's just some nice UCI points for them and good for them that they can return to racing in their natural habitat. If there is something I can uh, add on, on the race in Cavre, um, just a side note. It, there was like um, a very uh, fun uh, picture was was going on in in the race about the 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 high pressure cleaners that were used. There were only eight of them, and like all the people in the uh, in in the um, at the service uh, points were were like waiting in in a row to to get in, and there was even a um, I think somebody from the Vanderpool uh, team. That complained that the commissaire of of the UCI because they couldn't clean their their bikes in time for for Vanderpool to change his bikes. Uh, there were there was a little bit of chaos going on, and I think that it is uh, a bit stupid to 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 have that chaos if you if you just had more high high pressure cleaners, then you wouldn't have this, these these problems. Because I think, especially for races Cavre, you know that riders will change their their bikes maybe even twice twice a lap we have seen that, that some did even twice a lap they changed their bike so just a thing i wanted to point out for the for the view for the listeners that didn't watch the race and um give a little bit of uh, inside Havre is always known for its small and narrow pit zone as well so it's definitely not a surprise to hear such a story come out today on a positive note, uh, we saw Magli Rochette on the starting straight sitting there and pretty much immediately being pulled out of the race, um, never getting into the field. Uh, she hasn't broken anything, so um, yeah, managing the pain and uh, will be there probably next week. I think that's a good note to end this podcast with. Twan and Nissan, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thanks for hosting. And with that said, we will be back next week and it's going to be a busy time because next week it marks the beginning of the Christmas period. The World Cup in Namur is the first race, which we will be actually making a preview for somewhere later this week. And I'm definitely looking forward to that race because it's always super fun and exciting race to watch on a nice parkour. But that's for later this week. I would like to thank all of you for listening and make sure to leave a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcast or on YouTube. And then I would want to wish you guys a very nice week. Goodbye.